T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Is that waking you up? Let's get right to it. How's everybody doing out there? Brian Mazrowski here with you on a Friday, closing out the week strong on WBEN. Thanks for hanging out with me. Top text on our text board this morning, 803-0930. An NDA for the Bills Stadium. No bleeping way. They didn't write bleep. I added that. Editorial on my part. If my tax dollars are being used to pay for it, it should be public and transparent. We're going to be talking about that um, NDA when it comes to a Bills Stadium. Uh, what do you uh, non disclosure agreement? Any aspect of this? What do you think? 8030930 to join me here on WBEN. I'm a little uncomfortable this morning. I feel uncomfortable. I, I've figured it out. There's a few reasons why. I feel uncomfortable this morning. The first is the weather. I noticed it last night. Um, and last night, by the way, uh, you know, great. I was out uh, down by Riverworks. They're setting up for a big uh, street hockey tournament there this weekend. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, but was hanging out, uh, saw a friend from out of town. And he actually he said to me, if this is not an example of Buffalo getting a little bigger and, you, you know, there being more things for us to enjoy, he uh, said to me, he's like, you know, I've been in town for however many, like a day now. And haven't run into anyone who I don't want to see yet. And I, I said to him, I was like, you know what? That's that's Buffalo growing. Because you think about it, that's what I was telling him. When we were in college, we'd come back home, and there were like two spots where people would go to. And so, of course, you would run into people that you knew from back home all the time. Because they'd be at the same two spots. Everyone, you know, There's like no options for anyone to go to. Now, I, I said, look around. You got this place here, this place there, and that's just me pointing. There's a million places for people to go. You're not going to run into anybody. City's the same size on a map, but it's so much bigger with uh, all the things you have to do. So, uh, you know, there's an example, a growing buffalo right there, <laughs> talking to a friend from out of town. But anyways, I, you know, a little uncomfortable because last night I was outside. I felt the stickiness. Ah, there's something about that humidity. I just can't handle it. I felt it again driving into work this morning. So I think that's one of the uh, ways, right, where it's just you have to have the air on, but then you're it's too cold with the air on. But if you don't have it on, you, it's just you feel like a film is all over everything you touch. You can rub your fingers together, and it's like, ah, And it kind of feels like that. So that's, you know, one of the reasons I, just, I kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable this morning. I, interestingly enough, I feel like we got rid of the humidity in here by turning the space heater on. And it's like killing off 
the humidity that was in here a little bit earlier on. So that's pretty nice. The I, the other reason I am wearing like not what I would normally wear into work. Um, because I couldn't get into the room with my clothes <laughs> this morning, we moved my son to a different room that happened to be the room where I just have all my clothes in the dresser. Because I get up early, I'm like, you know, we have this extra bedroom, wasn't in use, all my clothes are in there, I can wake up, I don't have to take out everything the night before, I don't have to worry about waking my wife up, get up and do that. Well, my clothes are still in that room, but my son is in that room now, in a big bed, and then when you forget to take out the clothes the night before, now you have nothing, and so I'm like scattering, I'm looking all around this morning just for something to throw on before I go into work. So I got that. And then I'm not using – how common is this? Do you, Are you like me? I'm a simple man. I have used the same type of deodorant now for over a decade. Same brand, same style, same bottle. They've gone under a couple of redesigns, but I, I stick with the same thing. And lately, I, I don't know if this is supply chain, but I have not been able to find it. I used to buy the big packs of it right at the club store, and they haven't had it anymore. And so then you go to another store and you buy the little canister, and then it runs out. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't have it. So then I went to the club store, and they still don't have it. So I'm just like, well, I can't just be sweating. <laughs> Can't can't be sweating and smelly in here, so I just bought something else, and I don't. It's it's supposed to be the same thing, but it's a stick instead of a spray. I just I, I've I've like this the spray feels a little lighter, and so now I'm like sticking my armpits this morning, and it's just something about it. It's after ten years of using the same thing, it's working. I smell fresh as a daisy, but. It just it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. It just, you feel a little different. It's like oh that I'm 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 not feeling good in my own skin right now. But I just like to you know put you into my mindset before we uh, start here on the show. Let me vent a little bit. Thanks for being uh, my therapist. Hey, you, you look uncomfortable, Brian. Well, let me tell you about it. So thanks for that. Uh, but no, let's uh, get to it. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Bills Stadium. But first, how about this? Dave Chappelle. He's back in the news this week. Did uh, did you hear this story? N- normally, I wouldn't be talking about this. But let's go. A, a Minneapolis theater canceling Dave Chappelle's sh- uh, sold-out show that happened uh, this past Wednesday. They canceled it just hours before Chappelle was supposed to go on stage. Uh, They canceled it to appease a group of protesters who launched a change.org petition that attracted 125 signatures, which was enough for the theater to uh, say, nope, we're uh, we're not doing that. They actually didn't cancel the show. They just moved it to a different venue where all the same people who had tickets to a sold-out show went and saw the show. So, you know, canceling is that really the thing. If you're not familiar with the controversy around Chappelle... Um, I won't go into the weeds too much here, but he's a comedian, right? He tells jokes. Some people get offended, and because they're offended, they say they're literally being harmed 
by the jokes, and so he shouldn't be allowed to speak. Uh, never mind, the only person here who seems to literally be harmed by the jokes is Dave Chappelle, who was attacked by a guy on stage with a knife, right? Uh, but, <laughs> by the way, the venue statement in Minneapolis, we go, this is a quote from the statement they tweeted out. They said, we believe in diverse voices and the freedom of artistic expression, but in honoring that, we lost sight of the impact this would have. I mean, think about that for a second. That's a... Scary. Yeah. Hey, we believe in diverse voices and freedom of expression, but uh, we didn't know that, uh, you know, someone might be upset. So I, we might have to walk back on our belief of freedom of expression and diverse voices. I a little weird. But anyways, Dave Chappelle in the news. N- normally, I wouldn't be talking about that at all. And, uh, you know, the story's a couple days old. So, you know, why are you bringing it up? Well... It, I was reminded of this Chappelle story that I saw earlier in the week when talking about what happened yesterday here in Western New York because it's the same type of attitude that canceled Dave Chappelle's show in Minneapolis. I believe that's leading to this non-disclosure agreement having uh, been drawn up when it comes to a community benefits agreement for a new Bills stadium. Well, what do I mean about that? Well, it's at the end of the day, you know, why does there have to be a non-disclosure agreement for this? Especially when we're talking, we're not talking about the stadium deal. We're not talking about the amount of money, uh, the design of the stadium or anything like that that was in the the big negotiation, right? We're literally talking about things that are supposed to benefit the community. So why can't we tell the community? Well, it's the same thing that went into this Dave Chappelle story. It is an overreaction of a small group of people that is really scaring organizations into putting something the majority want to see or hear behind closed doors. And why is it the same thing? Well, I took this. uh, Franklin Jones is the legal counsel for the county, and on the deal— and the confidentiality agreement and, you know, non-disclosures, he said this. Professional teams can be quite sensitive to bad press and public disclosures in these transactions are rarely made to shine a positive light on the team. So basically what he's saying is that this whole thing, if it goes public... Uh, sometimes the team doesn't always end up looking the best in these back-and-forth negotiations when it comes to a community benefits agreement. And teams will be quite sensitive to the bad press about this. So, you know, kind of what this is saying, to go inside the negotiation, which we can't go inside. But picture this. How would a negotiation around a community benefits agreement, you know, what would it look like? Uh, You know, it kind of looks like something like this, right? You'd have advocates for the people, and you'd have the team involved, right? Uh, It's, right, it's, uh, the negotiation is all how, the community benefits agreement is all about how the bills are going to use this massive investment that the state is giving the team for a new stadium to give back to Western New York. 
you know, okay, we're going to give, we're going to put all this money into a new stadium. In the deal, we need something uh, in writing about specifically what are different ways that the bills are going to give back to the community. You know, not in the traditional sense of just, you know, hey, we all like the bills, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, what are you going to do? Donating to programs, running certain events, things like that. So if you go inside these negotiations, you know, undoubtedly there's going to come a point where somebody from the community and you're going to, I mean, why not? You throw out anything. Hey, we would like every single week at uh, every high school football game there to be a representative from the Bills on uh, Friday night football games all throughout Western New York. And, you know, the Bills would say to that, well, I, I don't think we can really do that. Yeah, I don't think we can have a player, you know, we might be out of town, traveling, there's rest considerations. I, I don't think we can commit to having Josh Allen at a high school football game every single Friday night. And then if that was all public, the fear here is that just like 100 people signed on to a thing to get Dave Chappelle's show canceled, that somebody would see this and complain online and tweet about it and say, how dare the Bills, what, you can't, you're making millions of dollars and you can't take out uh, two hours of your time on Friday night, every Friday, and go to a high school football game? I mean, come on, how dare you? And most people would say, you know, okay, well, they're going to do something and they wouldn't pay that much attention to it. And for the majority of people, they'd look at this and say, well, all right, that seems reasonable. Maybe they go to one uh, football game or something like that a day or they run a, a football camp in the off season for the kids and that's part of it but teams are scared of the backlash online from a loud minority of people so they don't want any of the back and forth negotiation to be public because then they're thinking well if none of it's public then these details don't get out there and people can't really complain about anything because they're, they're not seeing what we say no to. So, yeah, to me, it's the exact same attitude. It's whether it's a venue in Minneapolis or a pro sports team here in western New York. What's happening is they get scared off by a loud minority of people complaining about something. And the end result is the majority of people who I think would be able to take in all the information and make a fair assessment of it and want to see the information are going to be shut out. So what do you think on a non-disclosure agreement when it comes to this or really any aspect of this new Bill Stadium. 803-0930 to join me here on WBEN. Uh, somebody's uh, chiming in saying, hey, I think the NDA is even more than that. It could be local and state governments benefiting from hiding information. I mean, sure. You can, this is uh, my read of this part of what we're seeing here. When it comes to, it, it's just, on paper, it should be, to the majority of people, a little shocking. I wasn't shocked, and I understand the—and we've, we've talked about this 
so many times over the course of the last year. I understand to a point. I don't like it, but I understand why a lot of the stadium deal negotiations happen behind closed doors. Because when you open it up to the public completely, I mean, we see what happens, right? You open it up to the public. We were just talking about the uh, Queen City Landing Project yesterday. You open it up to the public completely, and um, all of a sudden people start complaining about birds flying into it. And, you know, it gets uh, caught up on a million different things, and everyone has an opinion. And some of them are valid, but a lot of them are just like, well, why, why is this guy getting the talk? You know, and, and then nothing ever gets done. So I, I don't like it, but I see why for the big deal that a lot of this was kind of kept, you know, under wraps, so to speak. But for this, this, I, this is just a little bit different because this we're specifically talking about the aspect of the deal that's supposed to bring back a benefit to all of us. So, I mean, if there's anything that should be public in the entire deal, it, this would be it. <laughs> the, the part that's going to be a benefit to the community. And now it's under wraps, county legislators being asked by the county executive to sign a non-disclosure agreement before they'd be allowed to join negotiations for how the bills will use the investment in a new stadium to give back to Western New York. So I don't know. I, I would like to think that they wouldn't need a non-disclosure agreement, that people would kind of be able to look at the back and forth, what's on the table, how the negotiations are going, and have a cool head about it. Because I do think that's most of people. It's like people who will listen to a comedian and you could be offended while other people laugh and have a cool head about it and roll it on to whatever the next joke is. But the Bills, and this is the county putting it on the team here, right? That quote, professional teams can be quite sensitive. Public disclosures in these transactions rarely made to shine a positive light on the team. They're kind of putting it more on the bills here. But they're concerned about a few people online. I mean, that, that's how I'm reading the situation. They're concerned about an online backlash of a few people, which, I mean, when are we going to get over that? When are we going to stop being concerned about a few tweets and pay more attention to what the general public wants, what is actually in the general public's best interest, which in this case will be opening this up to the general public. 803-0930 to join me. Brian Mazeroski, I'll be back here on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back in. Brian Mazeroski here with you for the next half hour or so. Uh, Joe is set to be back next week. We'll see. He's been on vacation all this week, uh, and uh, we'll be back here, hopefully in time, bright and early Monday morning. But uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, 8030930 to join me it is on the table, but out of sight. A non-disclosure agreement has to be signed before you can take part in negotiations for a community benefits agreement as part of the New Bill Stadium deal. I was talking about that a, a little bit in the first half of the show and why that is and part of the reason I think why that is. And it has less to do, in my mind, a less to do with secrecy more to do with the Bills, really any big brand being so scared of criticism online because they kind of know that's what's going to happen, right? If everything's out in the public, somebody's going to be able to look at a line, pick it out, and say, hey, this is outrageous, and get a you know a bunch of retweets. But... Most people won't do that. Most people would be able to see the back and forth that goes on and understand it the same way that everyone involved in the negotiation would. But I don't know. How much of it should be public, if at all? Let me know. 803-0930. On our text board, you know, these comments keep going uh, and have been throughout the entire stadium process about the governor, her husband, and Delaware North. And I just, can we put this to bed for once? Can people think rationally just about this? Someone texting in, what about the governor, her husband of Delaware North, and how they're going to personally benefit from the stadium deal? Let's just, if we could rationally think about this. Bill Hochul is the husband, a former U.S. attorney here in western New York. He's the husband of the governor. He is an attorney working for Delaware North, an attorney working for Delaware North. Delaware North, which has contracts with venues all across the globe. Okay? I, if you think his paycheck on a weekly basis is hinging on whether or not Delaware North gets the deal 
to run concessions in a stadium in Buffalo, New York, five years from now. I feel like you're kind of looking into that just a little too hard. I mean, that you're bordering on conspiracy just a little bit for my liking. The, the one stadium in Buffalo and whether or not they get the concession deal is not going to impact the bottom line of an attorney working for that company. And it's not going to really hit the bottom line of the company that much. I mean, Delaware North is a huge company. And because they're headquartered in Buffalo, guess what? They probably, you know, if I had to put money on it right now, I would bet that they would be servicing the new Bills Stadium just like they do the current one. Because they're headquartered in Buffalo. Just a guess. So... I don't know. I uh, to put to bed. You know why? Why don't I talk about it more? Because I, I don't think it's an issue at all. Anyways, uh, when it comes to the stadium, if you're heading down to the stadium tomorrow, let me know. Uh, Garth Brooks is there, and I. You know, it should be a good time. I'm not going personally. I'm. You know, I'm not the biggest Garth Brooks fan. I was talking about this last night with some people out. You know about. You know, oh, are you going to go see Garth Brooks? You're going to go see Metallica at the stadium, and you know, I'm I'm up in the air on Metallica, but I'm not going to be going tomorrow night to go see Garth Brooks. And somebody said, yeah, you know, I'm not a Garth Brooks fan. I don't know any of his uh, music, and I always say, oh, let me stop you right there. You know Garth Brooks music. I said I have never purposefully listened to Garth Brooks in my life. But I probably know 20 of his songs. Like, there, there's no way you don't know <laughs> any Garth Brooks uh, song. He's the most popular artist of all the 90s. Sold more than, like, anyone else. You definitely know his songs, even if you don't know it. So I'll, I'll stop you right there. But it is interesting, you know, when this was announced. And it's like, all right, one guy in a stadium, and he's playing it in the round. You know, there's no stage. I mean, there's a stage. But there's no stage blocking off. A huge part of the stadium, like when you go, like, you know, when Metallica plays here, they're going to play with the stage at one end of the stadium. And there's going to be a whole end zone of seats where nobody's sitting. So, you know, they're playing the stadium and it's a big feat, but they're, you know, not trying to sell it out the same way that Garth Brooks is trying to sell it out. And I remember when they announced this and thinking it's incredible. And I'm thinking, you know what? I, if there's a guy who can do it, I, he's the guy. You look at tickets online, I don't think he's going to do it. Um, you know, most of the upper deck is available. And I might have been surprised by that, just kind of in the excitement of, uh, you know, the day that tickets were about to go on sale or the day that it was announced. But I think some of the things that I was mentioning the day that everything was announced are also part of the reason why I don't, uh, I shouldn't be surprised, maybe that it's not going to be a total sellout up in the 300s. And one of those is the, uh, it depends on who you talk to. He either gets applauded or it's a big thumbs down, the idea of charging 100 bucks, period. So that's like all fees included. You buy your ticket online, it's $100. And that's no matter where you sit inside of a football stadium, 
to see, you know, one person on a stage. So there's got to be a little bit of, you know, hey, $100, let's go see Garth Brooks. You go, uh, you try and buy tickets. I can't wait to go see him. All the floor seats are gone. All right, well, you know, we can still get close, a good seat in the 100 level. And uh, those are being eaten up. Well, am I, I was going to pay $100 to go see him right next to the stage. I mean, do I want to spend the exact same amount of money? There's like a feeling, if you're sitting up in the upper deck, I would think, that, not that you're getting ripped off, but like looking down at, people who paid the exact same price as you to be, like, within spitting distance. And you're all the way up there, and you got to use the binoculars. So I, I think there's something to that, right? That might be one of the reasons the upper deck is not, you know, selling that high. But also, I is there a little bit, if you're a concert goer, are you tapped out already? At this point in the summer, I mean, we still have all of August to go. Great shows are being announced for the beginning of fall. And I am i can speak for myself. I'm to the point where, like, yeah, I'm being more selective. You know, at the beginning of the year, concerts went on sale, especially after the last two years not being able to see anybody. I bought a ticket to everything. I'm like, I'm not taking this for granted anymore. Anyone I like is coming here. Bye, bye, bye. Don't think twice. And I haven't regretted it at all, by the way. I've, I've enjoyed every show I've been to so far this year, and uh, they've all been fantastic. But I have reached a point where there's been a couple announced so far. There's another one. I, I uh, Something's going I have to check my email. Something's going on sale in like 15 minutes. I forgot what it is. But it, it would be something earlier in the year I would have no thought, click, bought a ticket for. But I'm starting to get a little tapped out. <laughs> because ticket prices are so much more expensive than they were just a couple of years ago. There's not much more I can afford to go to. I, I don't have the deep pockets to just be like, all right, yes, 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 uh, to absolutely everything. So is that some of the reason? You know, I'm starting to be a little more selective, even though I told myself last year when things started to reopen that I would just, like, all right, don't take it for granted. Go to everything. I mean, there came a point now where it's like, all right, my concert bill is a little bit higher than it normally is at this time of year. So I, I might have to start just being a tiny bit more selective with how I'm spending my money, and not everything is going to be an automatic yes for me. And that would include, I mean, Metallica at the stadium. The other big uh, show that's coming to the stadium this summer, which is, uh, I think that's a couple of weeks from now, on a Thursday night. Earlier in the year, that would have been immediate yes. Now it's, we'll see. Someone's asking, where do the speakers go in the round? I'm pretty sure they're part of the stage setup. They, they've got it figured out, right, where it's, I don't know. They're, like, hidden behind video boards or something. I don't know exactly how. It's not your traditional setup, especially when you're talking about outdoors in the round, right? And there is that when it is in the round, this was my only gripe seeing Metallica the last time they were here, was, you know, the speakers are 
not it's not a traditional stage. A traditional stage, the speakers are facing right at the crowd, and it's you know pointed right at you from the floor up until the last seat. But in the round, you don't have that because that would block the view of somebody if you just had speakers pointing right. So it's kind of above the stage. So when you're on the floor, it's not as loud. It's a little quieter. You can't hear it as much. So I just remember looking at Joe Beamer and saying something to him. And I think my exact words were, you should not be able to hear me speak right now. This is Metallica. (laughs) So that's like the one problem within the round. It's very cool. You sell a lot more tickets. I think the look is cool, but the closer you are to the stage, I feel like you get a little bit less of the speaker sound, so I'm not sure on that. But tickets are going to be a big topic of discussion, especially starting this upcoming Wednesday when uh, Bruce Springsteen tickets go on sale because there are a few unhappy Bruce fans all around the U.S. when his tickets went on sale for other parts of his tour. If you are planning on going to the show, you hopefully knew last week to pre-register for your chance to buy tickets. Now, what you also might not have known is, and it's unclear if this is going to happen for the Buffalo show yet, but when you go to buy tickets, Ticketmaster is using what they call dynamic pricing. Think of it like... uh, It's almost like the stock market. Or it's like the ultimate supply and demand when it comes to uh, tickets. So depending on demand, the price will go up. It adjusts the price in real time. So the price of some floor seats when Springsteen went on sale in some other markets was like $4,000. Because the demand was so high, the base price was supposed to be sixty to four hundred, but everyone wanted to buy tickets, and they kept paying higher and higher prices, and eventually got to like four thousand dollars. So, will that happen here? I am not sure, but that is—it's uh, a possibility. This upcoming Wednesday, when those uh, Bruce Springsteen tickets go on sale, the average when he toured last time, it was a little below average for, uh, you know, an act his size. But it was about 70 to $150 when he was here in 2016 for his last arena tour. So now you're seeing the byproduct of the last year and what I was talking about with everything being a little bit more expensive, 60 to $400. So the top end goes from 150 to $400. Yikes. Part of that is making up for lost time, so to speak. Right? No one toured for an entire year. You lost a year's worth of revenue. You ask people... Um, who are in the industry, and it used to be, right? Everyone talks about, hey, I saw you know the Rolling Stones. It was like 50 cents. You see all these old ticket stubs, and the, the ticket is nothing. They used to, to uh, tour to support the album, right? You'd go on tour, and people would buy the album, and that's how the artists would make money. And now it's like the opposite because nobody buys music anymore. Now everything is flipped. Now 
artists release an album or a single to support the tour and like t-shirts, which is the only place that they make money now. So the price of that keeps on going up and up and up. And then you have the bot problem. Right when Paul McCartney was here, what happened? Tickets uh, went on sale. They sold out in like two seconds. And the blame was put on these, you know, Chuck Schumer was here, right? Uh, Like that week. He heard about it. Paul McCartney tickets went on sale. They sold out in two seconds. Why? Because computers were buying all the tickets. Scalpers were using computers to buy up as many tickets as possible and then put them on the resale market for, you know, five times the cost. So now artists are getting a little bit smarter. I think it's just simple economic supply and demand. Hey, look, if somebody is willing to pay five times the cost, they wouldn't be bought up and then relisted for that price. If nobody would buy them at the secondary market prices. So now artists are maybe smartening up a little bit and saying, hey, we've been actually, even though it doesn't seem like it, we've been undercharging for the concerts because our arenas and venues have been full, even though on the secondary market, people are charging twice, three times what we listed the ticket as. Maybe we should list them twice or three times, and uh, we should make the money instead of some guy with a computer. That's what somebody's texting in, uh, 803-0930. They said, uh, many notices went out. Here's the thing. You can send out a bunch of notices, but I think for most people who have never really seen it before, it's still you're going to look at the notice and be like, okay, I think I understand it. But then when it happens you're probably still going to be like, what just happened? You know, why I, I, I was ready to pay $400 for a ticket, and all of a sudden it's 1500 What happened here? So I think you're going to be caught off guard. A lot of people are when they actually see it in action, not having experienced it uh, really uh, many times before because I, I can't remember this taking off to this extent in western New York before. A texter points out it's designed to get the bots and scalpers who bought cheap tickets and drove the secondary markets out. And, yeah, that's exactly right. If a scalper is going to buy the tickets, they can sell it for twice as much. Well, I might as well sell it for twice as much because somebody's going to buy it. So there you go. But watch out. And all of that is now maybe you went to five shows this summer and <laughs> now you're going to one. Because you spent your whole concert budget on one ticket. That's rough to hear. And that's, again, like the opposite of what's happening tomorrow night. Garth Brooks sold every single seat at $100. Which is going to win him a lot of fans because now people will point to Garth Brooks and be like, oh, hey, you see that? Garth Brooks. I mean, he cares about his fans. He's just selling his uh, seats for $100. Way to go. But then what do you end up with? You end up with um, the 300 levels are on sale, box office $100. You can go secondary market and get it for 30 And the seats that were on the floor that were listed for $100 are $200 or more. And it's like, oh, maybe we should have just 
charged what people are going to pay for it. I don't know. Anyways, if you're going tomorrow, have a good time. Enjoy it. Who knows how many concerts are left at the stadium. It's one of the reasons I was thinking about going. It's only going to be around for five or so more years. Who's going to close out the stadium? Will McCartney be around to be able to play the last ever event at Highmark Stadium? Could he do that? I don't know. We, we got some time to talk about that. I'll be back here next week. Brian Mazrowski on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.